It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Hero or Zero here on the Heroes for Hire podcast. My name is Sean Meehan, and joining me, as always, is my partner in crime, Mr. Connor Lawler. Connor, how are you doing? I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to find out about more DC characters. Oh, well, do I have bad news for you? <laughs> you uh, you're going you're gonna to do a report? <laughs> oh, 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 classic. Double. Connor doesn't like my reports. Interesting. <laughs> Comedy. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, right. So we're starting strong here, Sean. Um, well, look, why don't you make it up to me by telling everyone what Hero or Zero is all about? Hero Zero is the show where one of us picks one comic book character, and normally Sean does really good reports on Marvel characters, and I do really bad reports on DC characters. Too and little, we kind of too just late, give... my friend. <laughs> All right, fuck you. And we just kind of give you a bit of a rundown of everything to do with that character in kind of just an introduction to all these characters, so you can kind of go about go out and find your own stories that might interest you if you hear something that you like. Very good. Well done. Mm. God, we're friends again. I'm happy no, now. No, I'm going to turn on you again soon enough, but for oh, now. Oh, good. So, uh, what I decided to do, Connor, I for my character, I picked a character that is usually uh, portrayed as a, in part of a duo, but I'm just going to cover one half of that duo this week, and then my next week I'm going to cover the second half of the duo. Is it Dick or Dom from Dick and Dom in the Bungalow? Uh, it's it's actually Barry Chuckle I'm covering today. <laughs> Fuck! You know what? I would actually listen to a Barry Chuckle Hero Zero. I'm sure there's a story there to be told. <laughs> there has to be. So who, who are you doing this week? So I am doing Tyrone Johnson, a.k.a. Cloak. Ah, Cloak and Dagger. That's From Cloak all I and know. Dagger, correct. The Amazon Prime series, correct. I uh, know very little about these people. I knew very little as well until I started doing some research, and they're actually quite cool. Mm. Um, 
So, starting off his early life, so raised in a poor South Boston neighbourhood, Tyrone Johnson was a good student, despite having a chronic stutter, a disability he struggled to master with the support of his best friend, Billy. So, when Tyrone was 17, he and Billy witnessed the robbery of a local store and the fatal shooting of the store clerk. The thieves fled and Billy ran as well, fearing that he and Tyrone might be wrongly suspected of the crime. When a policeman ordered Billy to stop, Tyrone tried to proclaim Billy's innocence, but his stuttering made it impossible to speak clearly and the officer shot Billy dead. What? Yeah. Feeling responsible for Billy's death and afraid of the police, uh, Johnson ran away to New York City. So, all his life he was like he was... Uh, he was poor, but he was a good student. But he had this stutter to deal with, and he could never fully overcome it. But it, like, at least he had his, a good friend, and so now all in one night, everything's just ended for him. He's lost his friend, his stutter. In his mind, it's because of his stutter, and he yeah. just runs away. Like the guilt would be, the guilt is confounded with you basically thinking you're in- inadequate. And that's like the double whammy of you're the reason why your only friend is dead. Oh my god, that is heavy shit. It's it's really fucked up, and it's like the, what I'm gonna say next is just bear it in mind for the rest of the report. Uh, it nearly consumes him. Good, okay. we have that in. I, I'm, I'm pretty positive that's in. Are you saying he is consumed by this scenario? You might say it's. Consuming him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) Now, so, and then, so he eventually arrives at Manhattan's Port Authority bus terminal. And the penniless Tyrone considered robbing Tandy Bowen, a rich girl who had also just run away from home. But someone else robbed her first and Tyrone impulsively tackled the thief and returned Tandy's purse to her. So this will come up more in our Dagger episode, but Tandy Bowen does go on to become Dagger. So it's uh, a guy and a girl? Yes. Is it very similar to Hawk and Dove then? A little bit, and uh, you'll kind of see some elements of that, but um, Hawk and Dove are very much like they're regular people who are vigilantes, Mm. for the most part, right? Yeah. Uh, The... Cloak and Dagger, it takes a bit of a turn. Oh, okay. One becomes a coat. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) So the two teens became very fast friends, and when the naive Tandy accepted an offer of shelter from some strange men, a wary Tyrone went along to protect her. However, the two teens were soon forcibly delivered to criminal chemist Dr. Simon Marshall. Oh, no. Yeah, so... It, now this is where they're like they're just they're a team now. Uh, they don't they're not superheroes. They're nothing. They're just two a homeless people trying bunch. to survive. A ragtag duo, correct? Yeah. So, Doctor Simon Marshall was developing a new synthetic drug to replace heroin for the Magia. Now we all know from the Magia, Marvel wasn't allowed to use Mafia in the yeah. comics. <laughs> So they just changed one letter. <laughs> Stanley, you've done it again. <laughs> this is this is Bob Kane levels of creativity. <laughs> Bob Kane's like fuck. I never thought of that. 
<laughs> Fucking genius. <laughs> um, so he was testing this new drug on runaway teens with fatal results. So he was just finding young vagrants and essentially murdering them. So Fuck. Uh, Tyrone and Tandy somehow survived the injections of the drug and they fled along with another prisoner, the Chinese human trafficker who would become Mr. Negative. I know nothing about Mr. Negative either. Oh, he's also going to get a report. He's in the okay. Spider-Man game and he's fantastic. Oh. So during the escape... Tyrone found himself engulfed in darkness and seized by a strange hunger, which only eased in the presence of Tandy, who was glowing with a brilliant light. Trying to hide his newly shadowy appearance in a makeshift cloak, Tyrone began consuming Marshall's thugs into the darkness, while Tandy struck him down with daggers of light. What? Wait, so his power is darkness? Yeah. He is. I'll get. I'll get more into it into okay. in the actual power section. But he is a conduit for the dark dimension. Holy shit! Yeah, and um, so the two teens dubbed themselves Cloak and Dagger and declared war on drug crime. And does he get? Is it a case that he is angrier when he's not in her presence? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm actually. I'll get into it in, in the next paragraph. Actually, if you can, if you can hold out that long, I I'm, I might be able to hold another few seconds. Yes, please continue. Okay, so Cloak and Dagger started out as merciless vigilantes, uh, killing the Doctor despite the interference of Spider-Man, who only saw the duo as misguided innocents and gradually became their friend. So Spider-Man, classic sees, Peter, I mean, classic, classic Peter. Peter, sees the good in everyone. Yeah. So he's like. Look, you're doing awful things, but I, I completely understand why Look, you're doing them. Look, I know them. you've injected all those people into a dark dimension. Look, I get it. We've all been there. But at the same time, We've you look pretty it. sound. You look like a nice sponge, especially... I like that cloak. <laughs> very nice. Very in fashion these days. Fair play to you. So after an ill-fated assassination attempt on the kingpin... Uh, Dagger became less ruthless and tried to steer Cloak in a similar direction. However, Cloak's power compels him to consume living beings and he found it difficult to follow a gentler path even though Dagger's light could satisfy his hunger. Right, so... Okay, so he's like... Is it like a cannibal? Not a cannibal. Um, What's the word? Like, he's addicted... And he, it's like a, a vampire with blood. Like, he has to have it, but she helps ease some of that need. Exactly. It's a very similar... Um, if, if I can use the example of Twilight... Um, yeah, please it, continue. <laughs> speaking my language. The, um, the whole thing of that is that they only drink blood from animals. And it doesn't do everything, but it's enough to get by. It's that kind of thing. Okay. So, but that... And, yeah, Dagger's light could only satisfy the hunger temporarily as well. And it wasn't this a permanent is just, solution. This is all from a case of just like they've been injected with something and it's just had some weird reactions. Exactly, yeah. So they actually, they learned eventually um, that they were mutants and that the drug awakened their latent powers. Oh, right. So they always had it in them somehow. Exactly, yeah. And, it's just, that's, and that's how mutants work in Marvel for the most part, that... Oh, it was always in you and it manifested at the right time. 
Yeah, like if you're in grave danger or something. Exactly, yeah. There's, a, there's like, th- this is not like canon or anything, but there's a, in my opinion, there's a huge element of just luck in when a mutant, or uh, in a mutant even existing, because first the genes have to like alter in just the right way, and then they have to have just the right kind of stimulus to get it activated. Right, okay, just enough for a comic book to make slight some sense. Exactly, like, here's the technical reason it happened. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, So, though they tended to uh, target ordinary street criminals, they faced such diverse foes as Doctor Doom, The Beyonder, uh, Vermin, uh, Mephisto, Thanos, The Assembly of Evil, and Lightmaster. That's a fairly fucking, like... I don't know, that's a powerful group of people to go up against. Yeah, now they didn't take these on just the two of them. They were in okay, teams that's fair and such. Um, so, Cloak and Dagger, bear in mind as well, they're still like kind of homeless and they don't really have a home, if you get me. Like, they have nowhere that's like their base. So, they finally found sanctuary at the Holy Ghost Church with the sympathetic Father Francis Delgado. But over time. Is he time, any relation to Daredevil? I don't actually know, but. Any time, like a, a priest is mentioned, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's probably and also Father Francis. Yeah, that's very true. Um, no, I think it's just a cloak and dagger thing that he just sees. He's nice to them. Okay, but over time, Francis Delgado became romantically obsessed with Dagger. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. Okay. So, regarding Cloak as a demonic influence, Delgado tried and failed to split up the duo, going mad in the process. Going uh, mad? <laughs> yeah, he was just he was so frustrated he went mad. <laughs> oh, God! You know when you just try, you just can't do it. Oh, you better go kill some people. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Sorry. <laughs> just... You're very relatable there. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, after Delgado was institutionalised, Cloak and Dagger found a new mentor in Tandy's uncle, Father Michael Bowen. Uh, Tandy's father, meanwhile, had become a cult leader as the Lord of Light in India. Oh, w- right. Okay. And is he using her as, like, uh, his greatest protege kind of thing? There's there's a certain element of that because he is he has become what's called a light vampire. Uh, fucking on, hell! Right. Oh, this is where everything's about to get real fucking crazy. Okay, right. So he's a, a light vampire who fed on others' life force. He clashed with cloak and dagger until he realised what he had become, and tried to atone atone by hurling himself into cloak's ebony abyss. Right. Okay. So what, so he realises he's become a monster and so he jumps into the dark dimension through Cloak. That's, that's... And how does it work through Cloak? Does he just make a big, like, uh, portal? So, uh, the way Cloak Cloak's power works is that he is a conduit for the dark dimension, right? That's just who he is and the Cloak contains it. It's, he's wearing an actual Cloak, like? Yeah, he's wearing an actual Cloak. Okay. he... Like, from a distance, it would just look like, you know, it's a, a, a dark, 
you know, shadowy figure under the cloak, but it's actually a portal and it's cloak and it's sentient. It's weird. Oh, okay, fair uh, enough. So there's, uh, okay, there's a there's a being called Predator in the dark dimension. I've seen the movies. Yeah, I know. No, all about I knew you do this. I knew you do this. You see, <laughs> he's always against those alien boys. <laughs> but he hates Adrian Brody. He oh, who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> nah, it seems all right. The, yeah, um, it seems pretty good. <laughs> but the Predator is the actual. He controls every element of the dark dimension, and so right. the the hunger that Cloak feels is because Predator wants to feed off of people's life force. Fry. So Predator is always influencing Cloak to try and bring people into the dark dimension, so Predator can eat them essentially. Okay, that's fair. He's like a combination of uh, Raven and Ragman. Have you seen Arrow's Ragman? I don't think... I think I dropped off. He can... Uh, he captures the souls of people in his rags. Oh. But... Um, and Raven, of course, is connected to the... In Dark Being. Uh, and she uses that energy through her in the Teen Titans or whatever. But like a combination of the two where she's re- led by... An evil de- god that's sending dark mystical energies, and then they capture people's souls. Similar to that, yeah. Like there's, it's an it's an outside influence that makes them do bad things sometimes. Right. Okay. That, and so he can't control that. No. Uh, well, actually, here's a, here's a good paragraph. <laughs> okay. So Cloak continued to struggle with his power, and the hungry predator. Uh, within his darkness during a period when Cloak swore off consuming living beings the Predator released the spirit of legendary killer Jack the Ripper to torment Cloak what? however yeah, ja- Jack the Ripper was also in the dark dimension and he was released it's all fun of games until Jack the Ripper turns up <laughs> just casually release Jack the Ripper <laughs> oh no he's out again <laughs> who Jack however, the Ripper you know him famous <laughs> Famous murderer. Famous time traveller, Jack the Ripper. However, when Jack betrayed the Predator in search of personal power, Cloak absorbed the madman and the Predator consumed Jack again. Huh? Huh? Right, okay, so you're trying to tell me that Jack the Ripper isn't trustworthy, one, which I want to fucking refute, to be honest with you. Um, And two... How sorry? Who would be shocked? Jack the Ripper's turned on us. <laughs> who could have predicted? And oh number no! Two, and number two, so he then sucked Jack the Ripper back into the dimension, and the Predator ate Jack the Ripper again. Yeah, and but it also achieved the goal of like, Cloak has now absorbed someone into the dark dimension. So it kind of he made him break his oath. Okay, fair enough. Uh, bear in mind, all the time that Cloak is like a hero, he still has the stammer. Okay, so da- and is it like so? Dagger does a lot of the talking, I'm assuming. A lot of that, yeah, and it's it's. But like when Cloak speaks, he really like he means everything he says. If that yeah. makes sense. Uh, just I thought that was an interesting bit of of, of character building. Um, oh, absolutely. So the drug dealing crime boss Ecstasy uh, stole Cloak's powers for herself. I wonder what drugs uh, she was dealing. <laughs> 
Uh, heroin. Heroin? <laughs> yeah. Working for the Magia, actually. <laughs> the Magia. Uh, she was able to steal the powers because the Predator preferred her as she was more ruthless as a host body. Uh, oh, so the Predator is like sentient of who he wants his powers to be there with. Oh, yeah, like he'd, he'd, he'll choose a conduit in a lot of, lot of the time. Um, oh, yeah. So Cloak regained his powers thanks in part to Doctor Strange. Um, when the demon, when the dream demon Nightmare targeted Cloak, who I think we've talked about Nightmare in the past. Uh, a tiny bit, I think. Not too much, but yeah, a little I bit. I think it was in the Sleepwalker episode we yeah. talked about. Um, so the dream demon Nightmare targeted Cloak and Tyrone prevailed with the aid of Doctor Strange and Dagger, who managed to fully nullify Cloak's darkness altogether for a time. However, uh, Tyrone feared that Dagger could only relate to him as Cloak, and he was soon manipulated into reclaiming his dark powers by the malevolent mystic, Mr. Jip. Right. (laughs) So so what's happened there is a classic comic book thing where they healed him, and then somebody came in and were like, he's actually more fucking interested if we give him back the powers that are dark. That's true. And... Mm. And, you know, he gave up the powers. In a, in a, well, he was afraid that mm. uh, Dagger could only relate to him as Cloak. Um, he didn't want to lose Dagger by being Tyrone. So he got the powers back. Okay. But Tyrone's willing resumption of his Cloak estranged Dagger. Oh, it's had the opposite effect. Oh, no. Who briefly worked with the Black Cat before going back to Cloak. You absolute fucking bitch. (laughs) Wow. Now, Cloak, in this time, had tried and failed to find a new partner in Dazzler. The Dazzler? Oh, no. I'm going to do a report on Dazzler sometime. Dazzler might be my favourite character. Not the Dazzler. Like, you know when you're looking for a teammate? Like, they've clearly had a breakup. And he's lost the breakup. If she's going around with Black Cat and he's got fucking Dazzler. Look, it, it was it, he just thought, oh, light, I need light, otherwise I'm going to go insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so time and time again, uh, Cloak and Dagger would thwart Jip's plots, Mr. Jip's plots, the malevolent right. mystic. Now, and there's still go- there was a time in comics um, they switched powers. Like Cloak got Dagger's powers and Dagger got Cloak's powers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but then... You know, a new writer came in, so now it's back to normal, <laughs> yeah. I believe. But that would be a good concept because, like, mentally they would have completely different mindsets. Exactly, yeah, and they've like they've lived different lives very much. Um, like, this is what's so cool because cloak and dagger on paper are polar opposites in every way, but mm. they're the best of friends. So the way they switch powers is: Do you remember Mister Negative, who um, I mentioned earlier? Yes, he escaped with them. He actually had the power to switch their powers. So and now did he? He did, yeah. Like that's how it happened. So yeah, okay. Uh, just now they're even. They're polar opposites, but now they have both had the same power and know what it's like. No, yeah, sense? know what the other person is thinking. So even though they're polar opposites, they're also completely aware of what the other person. They, there's empathy there. Exactly, yeah. So, like, they just work so well as a team. Um, Interesting. So, so onto his powers and abilities, then. He's a dark force conduit. 
So, as a result of his exposure to an experimental drug, Cloak's body is a portal to the Dark Force dimension, a world of strange ebony energy. Cloak is linked to a pocket realm of that dimension dominated by the Predator, which compels Cloak to absorb the life forces of other beings, but Dagger's Light can temporarily satisfy this craving. Uh, Dark Force channeling. He can channel the Dark Force to create a field of darkness in his general vicinity. Um, People enveloped by Cloak's darkness feel numbing cold and experience terrifying visions of their own greatest fears and nightmares. Holy shit. Oh my god, he would be an amazing villain. He really would, but he's just such a nice man. Yeah. (laughs) So overexposure to the darkness can drive people insane. Unprotected victims trapped in Cloak's dark realm are gradually drained of their life force and die unless Cloak releases them. Fuck in hell. Uh, Dagger's light renders her largely immune to Cloak's darkness and she can extend her light to protect others within Cloak's darkness if need be. Um, He has Dark Force teleportation, so he can teleport by entering the Dark Force dimension, moving a short distance and emerging emerging back on Earth a great distance from his point of origin. So he can can transport like large amounts of space. Yeah, so he can cover miles by taking a few steps in the Dark Force. Jesus. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, And usually he is intangible. So uh, things can pass through him, uh, though he can solidify himself uh, through an act of will or by absorbing enough light to temporarily make himself uh, solid. So is he alive, technically? He he is, uh, because like it's not, like he's he's still cloak. He's still Tyrone at the end of the day. But okay, it, like. He is intangible, but in the same way that who is I'm trying. The only example I can think of is Spiders Man or Sue Storm. They're, yeah, similar to that. Like their form changes, and but they're still they're they're, they're like their consciousness remains. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah, okay, yeah. It's not, it's it's life, but not as we know it. That kind okay. of thing. Um. So just on to his Marvel one to seven rating system then. Uh, has an intelligence of three, strength of three, speed is two, but it's really seven because he can teleport. That's pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, durability of five, energy projection of three, and fighting skills of two. Durability of five, it would take a lot to fucking get rid of him. Yeah, like, he, he's he's really more a risk to himself in a lot of cases because he deals with a demon on a daily basis. <laughs> And also, he doesn't work alone. So anything that he has there that's a two, like if Dagger has a three or a four, they're able to balance each other out. Exactly. Yeah. Like they're they're such a good match for each other. Mm. And like it's literally like it's black and white. It's light and dark. That's their whole thing. And I think that's really interesting, just as a character as duo. But I mean, obviously, it's a it's a long way to get there in terms of like they had to be injected, and they have. Uh, they're mutants, but then also there's a predator that runs the dark universe who's been delighted to have him involved. That's the yeah. whole thing. But just as a character himself, like what got him there is very interesting. Exactly. I'm I'm definitely going to give the Cloak and Dagger series a watch before it's removed from the internet forever. Um, it would be interesting to see good. how they do it. Yeah, because 
now they, throughout the comics they go back and forth on whether they're mutants or not so I imagine they're not mutants in the series but I don't think it matters really no I don't think that's I think that's just something that they use to connect it into the rest of the Marvel Universe exactly so now they can meet the X-Men and things like that yeah um, I think that was a very good report Sean thank you very much Connor mm. look forward to part 2 in 2 yeah. weeks I can't wait um, so I can take us out so if you would like to support the show uh, we do have a Patreon it's patreon.com forward slash here's for hire podcast um, and the link is down below if you want to give us support we do an extra episode called the Lazarus Pit every single month and it's when we go back and review an old movie. So this last month's movie was X-Men First Class. And the month before that was Phantom Star Menace. Wars, Phantom Menace. And so we kind of just go back and review old movies that maybe you haven't heard of in a while. See if they still hold up. Um, if, you, if you don't want to do that, you can also support the show just by giving uh, us a follow or a like. Um, on iTunes, that would be great. Just a review would be really good. It helps the algorithms or whatever it is. Um, we're on Twitter, Here's for Higher Pod, the four is the number four. Uh, Facebook, Here's for Higher Podcast, Instagram, Here's for Higher Podcast. And most importantly, just tell one human being that we exist. And just so, the one. I have been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Neal. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.